It's Thursday, July 21, 2011. Deadly heat wave in the Midwest. I counted and I came up with 34 states affected by some type of heat-related warning watch or advisory. Deadly famine in Somalia. This assessment highlights the shocking severity of the crisis. More jobs in clean energy than in oil and gas. Meet America's newest oil spill, now in Alaska. Plus, landing here down and locked. It's the end of the line for the space shuttle program. Can America still do big things? Probably not. I'm Brad Friedman of bradblog.com. And I'm Desi Doyen. Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. And they're playing games with us on this heat wave. Again, the heat index manufactured by the government to tell you what it feels like. The heat index is a government conspiracy. Oh, Rush Limbaugh, no snarky comment needed. This is your Green News Report. Okay, Des, the heat wave across most of the nation is little more than a government conspiracy, according to Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, you know, and the sad thing is, it is not a laughing matter at all. 22 people have died so far in this prolonged, intense heat wave smothering the Midwest. It's breaking records for both temperature and duration and straining the nation's aging power grid as people crank up their air conditioners. Breaking the record for all-time highest energy usage in one day on the Midwest Regional Electrical Grid on Wednesday. Dangerously high heat indexes are forecast as this heat wave expands to the East Coast throughout the weekend. Heat indexes are a combination of temperature and humidity that meteorologists use to determine how hot it feels. One Minnesota town reached an unofficial record heat index of 134 degrees. Yeah, but it's summer. This is what happens in summer, Des. This is unusual, and climate scientists predict more frequent and intense and extreme heat waves just like this one. And what if the folks at Fox News, who love to pretend that snowstorms refute climate science, have to say about this summer's record heat wave? On a much more serious note, the United Nations has officially declared a famine in Somalia for the first time in 20 years. In a press conference on Wednesday, the top UN official for humanitarian aid called for emergency funds immediately. $300 million is needed to address the famine in the next two months. This is a rough estimate, and the number will probably increase as the number of people in need rises. The declaration of famine is a technical and legal designation after certain thresholds of malnutrition and mortality are crossed. Over 11 million people in Somalia are at risk, including one-third of the country's children. The death toll is feared to be in the tens of thousands after a years-long failure of seasonal rains has caused massive crop failures amid the worst drought in 60 years. Food aid agencies are warning that radical groups now controlling Somalia are also preventing the distribution of aid. Are those bothering to report on the Somalia famine actually tying it back to global warming and the fact that it seems to have led to crop failure here? Not really. You really only hear it from the aid agencies and climate scientists. Oh well, who listens to them? Feeling nostalgic for the BP oil disaster in the Gulf of Mexico? I that, know I am. That dominated headlines this time last year? Oh, miss it no more. BP's once again delivered more oil to a region than it ever wanted. A BP pipeline in Alaska ruptured during maintenance testing this week, spilling an estimated 4,000 gallons of oil and methane 
with an all on the fragile Arctic tundra. Thanks for the memories, BP. More Americans are now employed in clean energy jobs than in oil and gas jobs. So says a new analysis from the Brookings Institution, a liberal-leaning think tank. Clean energy jobs include renewable energy industries, but also jobs in public mass transit, environmental management, battery and smart grid technology, and pollution mitigation. It's also worth noting here that the U.S. now officially gets more energy from renewable sources than it does from nuclear power. Yep. Main gear touchdown, nose gear touchdown. Thank you, Columbia, Challenger, Discovery, Endeavor, and our ship Atlantis. Thank you for protecting us and bringing this program to such a fitting end. It's the end of the line for the space shuttle. A space shuttle Atlantis safely landed for the final time Thursday morning, bringing an end to the 30-year space shuttle program and an effective end to the U.S. manned spaceflight program. U.S. astronauts and satellite companies will now have to hitch a ride with Russia into space, and Russia has already raised their ticket prices. NASA's manned spaceflight program inspired generations of American schoolchildren, but we are now dropping to 27th and 28th in the world on math and science, with few choosing to enter science and engineering careers just as we need to meet the 21st century challenges of energy and climate change. That's what we call the wrong stuff. For all of those stories and those we didn't get to, please check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com, where you can also help us stay on your mainstream public airwaves with a donation. Your sponsorship is always appreciated. From bradblog.com, I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyan. And this has been your Green News Report. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one we intend to win.